This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're previewing the men's lacrosse and baseball seasons. We're also looking back at a great NESCAC championships for women's swimming and diving, and we break down a big win for Bates over Williams on Senior Day in women's basketball. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates women's basketball team got the week off to a great start with a 64-49 win over Husson on Tuesday. Nina Davenport led the way with 17 points and 10 rebounds, while Ali Coppola tallied 15 points and a career-high 22 boards. Capola's performance was big, and she can't wait to participate in her first NESCAC tournament. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I, I mean, I, I don't even, I can't even describe how excited I am. I, I feel like I'm just like a, like a, like a little kid. Like, like it's like better than anything because I feel like it's been such a letdown. You know, when you've been, we've been one and nine. Like our only win in NESCACs was um, both years against Colby on Senior Day. So this time past few years we still haven't had an SCAC win and you know having things come together you know just at the right time is really special. The women's team earned their fourth NESCAC win of the year Sunday on senior day at Alumni Gym. The Bobcats defeated Williams 59 to 49. We caught up with our lone senior Chelsea Nason after the big win. Nason finished with 10 points to help the Bobcats knock off the Eats at Alumni Gym for the first time since 2009. It's huge I was just saying like this is the first time not even just home but like we've ever beat Williams so it's just like so special and we've always (laughs) lost by like a huge amount and it was just such a good game like everyone played with so much heart and everyone like played together and it was just like really fun it was a really fun way to go out like my last game at home yeah your senior day lots of banners around lots of support what was that like to see it's awesome. This is the best it's ever looked, I think. Um, maybe just because they could just focus on me because <laughs> I'm the only senior, but it's awesome. They really did a great job. And then Amherst coming up in the NESCAC quarterfinals. Obviously, they're a very good team. And what do you what do you know about them? Um, I mean, Amherst is obviously a tough opponent, um, but I just think in NESCAC, it really is anyone's game. Like, it just anybody who shows up and, like, plays their hardest and, like, prepares for the game can win. Um we were kind of going back, like, do we want to play Tufts? Do we want to play Amherst? And, like, we were just saying, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, we played really well against Tufts, and that's why it was, like, a closer game. But, like, if we play just as well against Amherst, like, it'll be a great game. I'm excited. And then today, uh, Nina, six three-pointers, 26 points. How much easier does that make the offense go? Um, I just think Nina's a psycho. Um, if she, like, starts hitting her shots, it's just, like, game over. Like, you could just tell – that Williams was so like defeated because they'll just like be right in her face and she'll just like sink a three and it's just like I have so much confidence playing with her and it just makes it like so much easier to have someone out there that's like that you know you can count on to like hit those big shots. Nina Davenport's hot shooting over the past week including six made threes on Sunday earned her NESCAC Women's Basketball Player of the Week honors. Over the course of three games this past week the 5'11 Davenport averaged 16.7 points, 11.7 rebounds, 1.7 steals, and one block per game. She finishes the regular season ranked 4th in the NESCAC in scoring average at 16 points per game and ninth in rebounding at 
boards per contest. Well, Nina, the first question I got for you is last year, you know, you kind of came in in the middle of the season, and this year you've been able to play the whole year. So what's that been like actually have a, you know, be able to play the whole season with the team? Um, it's a lot better being able to play the whole season. Like, sorry, I don't have any voice. I <laughs> screaming in the locker room kind of took it away. But, um, no, it's a lot nicer to be playing a whole season. Last year when I came in, you know, everyone knew each other and was comfortable with each other, knew the plays. Like, I came in, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So this year, like, knowing the plays, being, like, super close with all our teammates, it's, like, makes it so much easier to come out and play with them. I'm curious, you were at University of Maine, right? Yep. And then, but you weren't playing there or anything, no. were you? So what prompted you to decide to come over to Bates here last year? Uh, so I wasn't playing basketball at UMaine, and when basketball season started, I just missed it so much. I would see all my friends that I had played previously with, like, getting their college season started, and I was like, I miss it. Like, I can't go my next four years of college not playing, so I was like, I need to go somewhere where I can play basketball. And then, obviously, six three-pointers for you today. I mean, you're fearless out there. Hands in your face, you're still going to shoot it. Well, I mean, it must be nice when they're going down, right? Yeah. Oh, it helps a lot when they go in, definitely. What's the biggest difference you noticed this season? Definitely our team camaraderie. Um, last year, you know, we didn't have, like, any NESCAC wins till the last game, and that, like, definitely brings, you know, your confidence down. But this year, I feel like we've just been – so much closer and we trust each other a lot more out on the court that you know even when we're down 20 in the first quarter we're like you know we got three quarters left like I trust everyone out here to make plays so and then Chelsea on her senior day a solid 10 points I mean she's had some very good scoring games recently what's that been like yeah she's awesome she's so lengthy that she just like she's dribbling around and I'm like well she's gonna drive I know it and then she just drives and like lays it in with her long arms and I'm like there we go Chelsea and she's like amazing on defense too she's I mean, her length and like her speed, she just gets steals all over the place. So, yeah, she's been amazing this year. It was a banner week overall for female athletes at Bates. That's because the women's swimming program finished third at the NESCAC Championships, their second best finish ever. They finished more than 120 points ahead of fourth place Middlebury and only 25.5 points behind second place Amherst. Twelve varsity records fell this week. But our female Bobcat of the Week? Melissa Paoni really stands out from the crowd. On Friday, she was part of the Bobcats' 400 medley relay team, which posted an NCAA B-cut time of 348.68, shattering the program record. Then on Saturday, she participated in the 200 medley relay final, which finished third and earned all NESCAC honors while breaking the program record with an NCAA B-cut time of 144.67. Then, she broke her own team record in the 100 breast and placed third in the championship final in 104-41, earning the first individual All-NESCAC honor of her career. Her NCAA B-cut time beat the team record she set a year ago by 1.49 seconds. Finally, on Sunday, Paoni broke the team record in the 200-yard breaststroke, finishing the championship final in 221.01 for sixth place. For her record-breaking performances, Peony is our female Bobcat of the Week. You were part of a couple of relay teams, and then individually you broke some program records as well. Four program records fell when you were participating. I mean, you must have been thrilled with how fast you swam, right? Oh, yeah. We went crazy. It was so fun. The atmosphere at NESCAC, first of all, is um, very loud um, and just a lot of energy. So to be part of that conference is a huge deal. Um, but we, as a team, we have an A and a B relay, and we, all eight people went extremely fast, um, and we placed very high. 
And then you, you mentioned earlier uh, um, off the air that your voice was a little scratchy from all of your cheering. So what's that like to, you know, you, you know, when you're not in the pool? Oh, when you're not in the pool, you're on the sidelines screaming at your teammates in the pool, trying to get them, you know, give them the energy, keep going, keep going. Um, we have a lot of support on the pool deck um, for the people who are not swimming in their races. Um, but, yeah, it's a, a very extreme atmosphere. It's awesome to be part of. Now, you're a senior, but take us back when you were looking at colleges. Oh, boy. <laughs> what, what made you decide to come to Bates? Oh, gosh. Um, it's a very um, academically challenging school. I love a challenge. Um, so coming here, I knew that I would be getting a great education. And on top of that, I knew I wanted to swim in college. Um, so looking at the schools, I... I fell in love with Coach Peter Casares, um, and he's a huge reason why I came to Bates. And then the program as a whole, I mean, it's grown so quickly from your first year and now. I mean, describe what it's like to have that happen. So true. Um, yeah, our freshman year, it's kind of a blur. Um, you know, I just being part of a, of a program, a college program for me was a huge deal. Um, but growing over the past three, four years now, we are consistently bringing people to nationals, um, placing higher and higher at NESCACs. Um, it's, it's, it's a good program to be a part of, like, at this time, yeah. I know there are a lot of NCAA B-cut times achieved at NESCACs. When do you find out who actually qualifies for nationals? So right now we're actually waiting for the last conference meet weekend to happen, which is next weekend. So technically we find out Saturday if um, top 16 relays go uh, in the, for Division Three nationals and then top 20 individuals. Um, and we have a couple of people on the bubble, so we're waiting to see. And then we have a Williams invite uh, for the women's team at Williams. Should be good. We, we're hoping to bring more than 10 people, I think about 15 people maybe. So Williams invite, it's, is it unscored? It's kind of another chance to swim, or how does it work? Yeah, it's the people who make the B-cuts. Okay. It's a chance for them to get even further, give them an extra chance to go a little bit faster so they can place themselves a little bit higher to get that chance to go. Gotcha. I know normally during the regular season you have dual meets where it's the men and the women, but in this case for NESCACs you were separated a little bit. What was that like? Yeah. Oh, um, well, leading up to NESCACs we tend to separate. We have all female practices and all men, but throughout the season we're combined co-ed, which is an awesome atmosphere. But um, our team chemistry kind of builds up to NESCACs, and then it's kind of like the grand finale, and we're one big group, and we get super close during NESCACs. So it's a great, it's a great time. Your specialty is breaststroke, right? Yes. And so how did that come to be? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up swimming, um, and, you know, my strokes switched uh, when I was, I think I was a butterflyer at one point. Um, and then f when I was 14, um, swimming for the state of Maine, I randomly got a state record in the 200 breaststroke, which was a pretty big deal. And my coach was then like, okay, you are now a long distance breaststroker. Um, and kind of just like had me swim breaststroke throughout um, high school. And I kind of just stuck with it. I was pretty decent at it. Moving forward, what's going to be the approach of practice now? It's because it's, it's kind of an awkward time period, right? It is. I'm. This is my first time going to nationals, um, so I'm not really sure. I just know that I'm going to be making some new goals for myself to kind of prep for nationals and then hopefully achieve them. Um, I think we have three or four weeks to prepare. Uh, we tapered, so we started up really high with our hard yardage in January, and then we slowly crept down. Um, 
and now we have to kind of climb back up a little bit and then fall back down and hopefully go a little bit faster for nationals. You mentioned uh, Coach Casares has been a big reason why you came to Bates. What makes him such a good coach? I honestly, he's just an awesome person. And like when he talks to you, he wants you to be a better person. And, and I think he does a really good job facilitating that through his program. Um, and yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better coach. All right, well, sounds good. Congrats again on Female Bobcat of the Week and a great performance at NESCAX. Thank you so much. Our male Bobcat of the Week comes from the world of men's Nordic skiing. The men's and women's Alpine and Nordic skiing teams competed in the Dartmouth Carnival over the weekend and took seventh place overall. Leading the way for the men's Nordic skiing squad was senior Corky Herrer. He finished in 24th place out of 69 competitors in the men's 20K Classical Technique Mass Start Race with a time of 49.51.9. Good for 46 team carnival points and 7 NCAA points. Corky Herrer, our male Bobcat of the Week. I just kind of got into a nice groove and um, had a clean start, which is really important in mass star races where everyone goes at the same time. You're surrounded by a ton of guys, and a lot of things can go wrong really quickly. And uh, got out clean, dodged some crashes, and stayed on my feet, and then just kind of got into a rhythm, and that worked well for me. A mass start opposed to like a time trial, right? And so what's the difference between the two strategically or um, physically? Um, it's definitely – so the individual starts are a little bit more of a mental game um, because you uh, are kind of – you're either going to be by yourself or you're going to be kind of seeing people in passing out there in the course. Whereas, um, I mean, they're both pretty – you know, you have to be mentally prepared for them, but the, the mass start is a little bit more – it's it's kind of a you know it's a little bit of a battle because you you can you can sit behind people but also like you try and break packs and that kind of thing you're skiing with a lot of people around you so you have to be a little bit more aware and then you also have to like time your when you're gonna push and when you're gonna you know sit behind somebody and yeah conserve energy that kind of thing i'm curious how often if any do you see people collide in the situation on the course oh uh, every mass start <laughs> there are at least I'd say two to three crashes, and you got to – I mean, they happen fast, so you just got to dodge them and try and come out clean. Have you ever been involved in a crash or a near crash? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely. Definitely. What, what was that experience like? Um, It's not – I mean, it's not It's not terrible. It's pretty frustrating, and, you know, like, especially if you break stuff, it's just not fun. But, you know, it happens, so you just got to try and steer clear. Sure, and then uh, for you, obviously, you're you're a senior now, right? And yep. so, um, how has your senior year you think been going so far? I mean, what's it looking like in terms of possibly qualifying for the NCAA's and whatnot? Um, I'm gonna have. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to race faster if I'm gonna try and. I obviously my goal is was to make NCAA's, and it's been kind of up and down. I've had some solid results and then some forgettable days, and I've had some issues stay staying healthy. Um, but here in the final stretch, we'll try and put some good results together and this past weekend was a step in the right direction for sure when you all practice you know each week uh what what, is, what are practices like for the nordic skiing team like what, how, what is it what is the sort of the, the system you guys have set up you know we all go together in a van to either pineland or lost valley um which are our two spots where we practice and you kind of have like a plan that the coach has given us and the coaches are there and you kind of, you do whatever you, it is. So a lot of times we'll do intensity blocks where um, you go faster for a certain amount of time just to like get the speed up and get, get motivated and ready for the, 
the coming weekend and get faster basically and then we'll have some technique focus where we're for focusing on certain things that we have to do better while we're skiing so it's uh it just depends on the day a lot of times you know it'll be structured so that it'll be front loaded a little bit early in the week we'll be doing harder faster stuff um so that and then we get some rest in the middle sort of and then build up to racing so and then last week it was a one-day event as opposed to a two-day event normally you guys do two-day events so what was the biggest difference this past week in terms of you guys approaching a one-day event this is interesting because it really there really haven't hasn't been one of these before this is my first time in four years that we've had a one-day carnival event um and it was a little interesting because um sometimes if you if you don't if you're not really feeling it and you kind of you go into the weekend and kind of a little bit of funk and you race the first day, then you kind of start to get warmed up for the second day. But this time around, you kind of had to nail it on the first day. Um, so, you know, it's just like, you got to think of it, you know, go all out. Obviously you have to think like that before every race, but at this time, especially because there's no, there's no second day where you can be like, Oh, I screwed up the first day and I can really hit it hard the next day. Sure. And then, um, so I guess, you know, these upcoming weeks, you only a couple more events left really. So what are some goals the team has been talking about? Um, yeah, well, we definitely want to try and send some people to NCAAs. So, um, I think basically it's just coming down to really putting the pedal to the metal, um, in the final couple of weeks here. And I know there's one race in the next, in the coming carnival that doesn't count towards NCAAs. So we really have to hit the one day really hard. And then Middlebury, obviously, you know, it's after February break, which is nice because you get to like, you get to kind of, I mean, you still have to do some schoolwork because you have homework and whatever, but you're not going to classes. You don't have to stress out about that at all. So it's really, you get to kind of focus in and hone in on regionals and hitting both those races really hard. Last question for you. I've talked to like a lot of alpine skiers, and they all said they got into alpine because they really they don't like skiing uphill because Nordic is skiing uphill right. a lot. Now you're Nordic, right. and so you're skiing uphill a lot. Uh, right. what, what's the challenge about that? Why do you like Nordic as opposed to alpine? Yeah, I definitely got into it because of my parents. I'll <laughs> preface by that. Um, and it's it's a I don't know. I guess it's a regional thing. I'm from Minnesota. There aren't really a lot of downhills to ski down, so we kind of have to you know settle by going up the small ones that we do have. But um, I you know I have to admit there's no more rewarding feeling of you know going out on a race course and just giving it everything and coming across the line and having you know gone as hard as you can and spent yourself and then that feeling once you finish it's just so rewarding I mean you feel you know it feels pretty amazing so that's really what you know keeps me going when I when I race the men's basketball team's season came to an end on Sunday in a loss to Williams, but senior co-captain Mike Bornazian finished with a double-double as he scored 12 points and pulled in a game-high 11 rebounds. Bornazian finishes his career as the ninth leading scorer in Bates history. Meanwhile, the squash programs both won on Sunday, with the men defeating Hobart 6-3 as Ahmed Abdelkalik earned his 59th consecutive win, and the women knocked off William Smith 7-2. The track and field teams competed in the non-scoring Valentine Invitational over the weekend, and this week they looked forward to the New England Division III Indoor Championships. We caught up with co-captain Isabel Unger to preview the women's team's outlook. 
All right, Isabel, before we talk about this upcoming week, first of all, take us back to the Valentine Invitational. It was a non-scoring event, but you were part of a really great relay team. So how, how did that work out for you guys? Pretty good, right? Um, yeah, so it was the first time we'd actually run the DMR um, in the competitive race this year. Um, and we were actually put into the heat with mostly D1 schools, which was intimidating. Um, but it was good for us because it really pushed us to run a much faster time um, than a lot of D3 schools, basically every other school besides MIT, um, which is, you know, they're great. So they're always a really good competition. Um, and so, yeah, everyone had an amazing leg. Um, Claire Marconic, who ran the 400, ran a 57, which is a pretty awesome split for her. Um, so, yeah, everyone had a really standout race. So we're third in the country now, so hopefully we'll hold that spot for at least a few weeks. Third in the country, very impressive. Now, you were not on the indoor track team last year because you were starting abroad, right? Correct. Okay, and so now you're back on it. So what's that like been back in the indoor track? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've raced, um, especially like on a bank track. It's been almost, um, it's been over a year. So um, it's good. You know, it feels good to be back. Um, you know, having the transition from cross country is always a little bit nicer because it gives us some background. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really good to be back. I missed it. So now this upcoming week, uh, the New England Indoor Championships. Um, so you've been in it before. What's this? Ex what's this? What's this meet like? Um, so this meet is special just because it's only women. Um, the men compete. I think they're competing at MIT, um, and we're going down to Middlebury. So um, it's kind of separate. So it's different because, you know, um, it's really focused on women, and it's just us cheering for our other teammates, um, and it's, it's exciting. It's a really competitive meet. Um, it has some of the best competition in the country. MIT, Middlebury, Williams are all really strong teams. Um, and so I don't know, it's going to be really competitive, but it's, it's good. We can all run pretty fast times, I hope. And then which races will you be participating in yourself? Um, so I will be racing the 1,000 and potentially the 4x8. <laughs> um, a lot of people are listed for it, so we'll see. Okay, okay. And so how is it decided who races what and when is that decided? Um, so for this meet um, is a qualifying meet. So um, I have qualified in the mile and the 1,000, um, and actually just my, our coach, she decides. Um, so I think she just puts us in what she thinks we'll place well in. Um, and at this point, you know, we can – if we can do well in this event versus another one, it's good for points. Um, so she's spreading the talent out kind of throughout every race to try and get as many points as possible. And then as team captain, um, how has things been? It's a big team. So how have things been progressing you, and how, how has your role of captain been so far this year? Um, so we have a really strong team this year. We won states by over 40 points, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, since I've been here, we've won states three times, um, which has been an amazing experience. Um, and, you know, I think what's really strong about our team is how deep we are. Um, we actually only won two events at states. And, you know, we, got our, we get our points from the second, third, fourth, fifth place finishes where, you know, we have so many people that we can start to gain so many points. So um, I think it's really amazing to watch, you know, everyone do these amazing events, which I have no idea how to do, you know, pole vault and long jump. Right. And it's, it's amazing to watch. And we have a really strong team basically in every discipline. So what's been maybe the most surprising aspect of the year so far, if anything? <laughs> um, let's see. Surprising, I guess. Just to see how deep our team is, you know, um, at practice, you're kind of focused on what you're doing, um, especially with distance. You know, we're going around the track so many times, um, but it's, it's really awesome to see just the talent that we have and especially the seniors being able to, you know, follow all the women all four years. Like, um, it's pretty amazing. And we caught up with co-captain Patrick Griffin to break down the men's team's prospects this weekend. All right, Patrick, we're well, coming up here the New England Division Three uh, Indoor Championships. You've been in them before. What are, what's the atmosphere normally like there? What's the competition like? Honestly, it's usually really competitive depending on what events because teams tend to be very strategic with their entries so that they can score the most amount of points there. And 
you know, get the top places. So typically you'll see really just, I mean, the top competitors in New England in their respected, probably their best events or either their top, one of their top two events. So it's going to be pretty competitive. Teams like MIT, Williams, Middlebury, all the NESCACs, USM, all those teams with some really top-end guys are really going to show up and score some points, Westfield State, and then I mean, obviously us too. So. And then obviously you're coming off the, the Valentine Invitation, which was an unscored event. So what was the goal there for you guys? When we go to BU to compete, obviously it's great to get run against some D1 guys and hopefully they'll, you know, because they're all very fast and hopefully they'll just drag you out into a race and you'll try and PR. But it's also really hard because the bank conversion can make it hard for some of the longer distance events. So I know a lot of our distance guys, it's great to go out there and race with some of those D1 guys, but the conversion definitely doesn't help you. So it's really, it's a lot easier to try and qualify on a flat track, but then you also have to compete. There aren't those D1 guys to drag you out at a lot of our Division Three meets on flat tracks. And then for those who may not be familiar, could you explain the bank conversion? Oh, well, basically... There's a conversion for every, about every lap. I think it's about, point, about 0.4 seconds per lap converted. So if you ran a 200 on a bank, you have to add four seconds on it, and that would convert to a flat. But that really, if you're going faster, it helps you to run on a bank. But if you're going on a slower race, like a 5K, it might not help you as much to be on a bank, but you still get the conversion for those laps. So. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, for you personally, this upcoming meet, um, what events will you be participating in? Um, most likely... As of right now, for the entries, I'll be running the 800 and the 4x8, which is two events that we're looking to run very well. I'm hoping to do decently well in the 800 and, you know, compete well, try and run a faster time that I entry time for Open New England's, see what I can do there. The 4x8 is looking really competitive. We have a strong group of middle distance runners, and we're looking to go out there and maybe potentially place in, you know, top five, top eight. Yeah, the team is young, the men's yeah. team. And yeah, so what's, what's that been like as a captain? Um, It's really... It's kind of weird because you're looking at this team and you think, wow, like these guys are, I mean, they're, you can see when they're running that they're relatively inexperienced in some aspects, but they have a lot of fresh talent. And then sometimes you're thinking, oh, well, next year it'll be different. But then you realize that, you know, only like two of the guys or for the sprinting squad, there's one thrower who's a, two of our, the only real seniors in the sprinting and throwing squad are seniors. And then there's a few seniors in the distance squad, but I think the distance team has enough a lot of really young, a lot of young talent that can make up for those seniors that won't be here next year. So I, I'm really excited to see what we can do, just this this season, outdoor season, and then next year, obviously. But that's really far down the road. So yeah, it is for sure. And then um, obviously we're indoors right now, but we're moving closer and closer to the outdoor season. And what's the similarities? What's the differences when you get into that? We're in Maine, so I feel always feel like we kind of put an emphasis on indoor, just because it's especially when you transition into the spring season in March, we still have a lot of snow. It's still like 40, 30 degrees outside, which isn't really optimal training weather for, you know, pretty much any athlete, but specifically for sprinters, it makes it really hard. So, and that's hard because you don't get as, running on a 200 meter track versus a 400 meter track has a very different feel to it, especially if you're, going, you're running middle distance or sprinting events. So that, I'd say, we're usually a lot more prepared for the indoor season just because we spend a lot more time on this track than the outdoor track, but people still obviously come out and do well for outdoor events and stuff. Believe it or not, spring sports are here at Bates. The baseball team's first game is a week from Wednesday at Pomona. Senior co-captain Connor Colombo finished last year with a 4-1 record and a 2.70 ERA. We sat down with Colombo to preview the Bates baseball season. Connor, first of all, I want to ask you about your time 
in Summer League this past offseason, uh, New England Collegiate Baseball League. What was that experience like for you? How did you grow as a pitcher? Um, yeah, I was lucky to play in the New England College Baseball League. Um, I played out of Holyoke, Mass. for the Valley Blue Sox, and it was a really good experience. A lot of Division One kids in my team, a lot of good players, got to play against good competition, and that's really what I think in baseball gets you the most improvement, just playing is against the best competition you possibly can. And then when you come back to a conference like the NESCAC, it gives you that extra confidence and that belief in yourself that you can compete at a high level and um, do pretty well. So I'm looking forward to this year, and the summer definitely helps me out in a big way. And you had a breakthrough last year. I mean, it was by far your best season uh, as a Bobcat. What was the biggest difference last year that allowed you to have that much success, you thought? Um, kind of going off what you just said, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the summer before that year. I played in um, Florence, South Carolina going into my junior season, and I played against a lot of good Southern kids, SEC schools, and that league as well. And I just kind of came back with a different attitude and um, just really focused on my game and not really too worrying too much about what's going on around me. And I was glad that me along with the team was allowed to have some success down the stretch when we needed it and I'm just happy to be a part of it and this year hopefully we can even go further and build on that success. Yeah let's talk about the team a little bit obviously only this week are you allowed to practice with the coaches but you guys have been practicing amongst by yourselves as a team without the coaches for, over the off season. what's that like typically each year for you guys? Um, it's, you know, it's the NESCAC has some specific rules that obviously, like you said, we can't see the coaches up until today, but um, it's a little different. You know, it can be difficult at times and frustrating because a lot of these other schools and other conferences in New England for Division Three are with their coaches the first six to eight weeks in the fall. Right when they get back from winter break this January, they're already getting going. So a little bit of a setback, but we like to look at that as something we have to overcome. And we definitely still get together as a team. Um, in the fall and recently just have to be inside because of the weather which is a little unfortunate but you know we work on it we still are in there pitching to each other throwing to each other taking um, ground balls hitting in the cage so we'll definitely be ready for today and we've we've prepared for the start of the season for sure and as a pitcher what is your offseason regimen like basically for the fall this year I threw a lot of innings last year combined between summer and spring so I took a pretty good break on my arm just because I didn't feel like I needed to force anything, but recently I've been throwing bullpens, throwing live to hitters, and um, I'm pretty sure I'm scheduled to throw this Wednesday in our little simulated game in the gray cage, so that will be my first practice time with the coaches all there, and then I'll just be ready for Pomona Pitzer, just try to get a W that first game. And obviously you're an experienced guy, so you've been here uh, for a few years now as a senior, and so when the coaches do come in and they only have a week to be with you guys before you play, uh, what's, what's normally their biggest focus? Yeah, actually, this is going to be a new learning experience for me, too, because in years past, we've gone on our trip the first or second day after the season starts. So, for example, in past years, we'd be going to Cali like tomorrow, essentially. <laughs> so we haven't really had a week of practice with the coaches yet, so I'm curious also. I think it will be fun because we won't have that sort of, oh, it's a first game. It's almost like a practice is a game. It's more we can practice for a week and then be ready for that first game and be sharp. So this week will definitely be intense. Also need to, you know, let the freshmen see how things go a little bit. But hopefully this week's intense. And then we come back from Cali. We have another two weeks of intense practice before we go to Florida as well. So that should be good. Yeah, and what's the point of emphasis when you talk to those first years about what's, uh, what it means to be a Bobcat when it comes to playing baseball? I think the most important thing for the freshmen to realize, based off the experiences I've been through and also sophomores, just any underclassmen, 
is that you can't really, you got to forget about high school and what you've done. It's really not about you. It's a team thing. And everyone on the team, no one cares what year you are. If you're a freshman and, and I'm not performing and you take my job or another senior's job and you're doing well, I should. there's nothing I'll be mad about or, or disappointed in you. I just want the team to win. So if you're a freshman and you are, might not be getting the opportunities that you would hope for, you got to just kind of keep getting better on a daily basis and try to get there. And also be supportive of the team if a couple of your peers are doing some things that you wish you were doing. It's really about chemistry, I think, as a freshman. And if you can make an impact, just go in there and just play baseball it's really just a game if you can remember that you should be fine and then obviously here at Bates we can't play on the home field to about April so you have an extended road trip there what's that experience like each season to have the first two months basically away from home this year will definitely be better because we have the two trips we're going to California and Florida Um, but it's been tough you have to play on turf fields a lot around New England which surprisingly there's not as many as you would think which is a little upsetting it'd be nice if we had one obviously but (laughs) hopefully in the future they'll get one but um yeah it's it's definitely different um as long as you're playing in on a turf field in the cold weather, it kind of gets you ready for when we have a home game here where it's still a little nippy out, but you're used to the conditions. And um, I know we've gone to New York and some southern states on years past as well, like kind of in between the California trips and uh, NESCAC play. But this year we'll just, you know, It'll be good to go to Florida, though. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be nice to get that second trip in and play some games. For sure. And then um, looking at this team, obviously the pitching staff pretty experienced led by yourself, but then the offense extremely young. And what do you know about these guys? I mean, you're going to be facing them a little bit this week um, you know, in-house here. Yeah, I'm really happy with what the guys have done this past offseason. I've seen huge improvements from a lot of the sophomores. They've really come along at the plate, and um, they're definitely going to get some opportunities this year, as you know, because we lost a lot of our offense to graduation. So it's baseball's a, a fun game you know there's going to be that one kid who no one expects who's going to perform above what we expected and there's also going to be those kids who get the opportunities who don't so you just got to kind of let the season play out and see who fills in those roles but the offense being young we've definitely emphasized small ball play this year I mean last year as we had some home runs out of some big dudes so um, I don't know if this year that's going to happen as much so we're really going to try to bunt the ball move runners around and you know get four to five runs a game because we believe that we can pitch under that to opposing teams and if we can just score enough runs to win win by one win by ten it's all a win in the stats so and then obviously it's early to preview NESCAC play but I'll ask you real briefly about your rivals in the NESCAC who who what teams have you have, have your sights on as teams you need to focus to try to beat them in the standings this year I definitely think uh, in terms of rival it'd be nice to Bowdoin always seems to be a rival just because in my freshman year they really beat us bad sophomore year we got the best of them and then last year even though we made the tournament and they didn't they still beat us two out of three times which was a little fluke because usually that doesn't happen and then the other team doesn't make it but it'd be nice to beat them this year um i think it's also a little bit of rivalry because i know some of those guys on a personal level so it's kind of when you go out there you know you're on the mound he's at the plate there's a little bit of a friendship kind of competitive nature going on there so that's always fun um in terms of competitiveness toughs I would say we have a rivalry with two as well and they'll probably be one of the top competitors this year they made the tournament last year like us and that's always a good series and we've been lucky to go back and forth with them over the years but this year um, I can see that game being being big especially since we're playing them all here so It'll be nice to have them here instead of going to Tufts like we did last year. Well, it should be a fun season. The Bates baseball team opens next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday, at Pomona. Thanks so much for the preview. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for your time. The nationally ranked men's lacrosse team is coming off a Sweet 16 appearance last year, and they start their season a week from Wednesday as well as they head to Endicott. Senior goalkeeper Joe Feria joined us to preview what should be a great year. Joe, first of all, 
you only get a week of practice before your first game um, next Wednesday. So today's we're talking on a Monday, first day of practice here. Uh, what are you most excited about to get back, at least with the coaches, and get ready for this upcoming season? Well, uh, you know, in past fall and the, the past month uh, of January and leading up to now, we've, we've done a lot as a team. So uh, we're, you know, all of us are really excited to get back out there with the coaches and, you know, take our next step forward of becoming the 2016 Bobcat team that, you know, we want to be. And then last year, obviously, a great year for you guys. Got to the NCAA tournament. Um, you beat you beat the Tufts during the regular season and got to the second round, uh, Sweet 16 in the tournament. And so what really made it all come together, you thought, last year for you guys? Well, I think that uh, solid defensive play throughout is really what, uh, what helped us mostly last season. You know, I, I always say that the defense kind of makes my job pretty easy uh, in cage. Um, and I think that the biggest thing for us last season was that when our offense was struggling, our defense would kind of play strong and hold it together for the offense to find their way and figure out how to score some goals for us. And when did you start playing lacrosse yourself, and when did you start playing in the goal? Well, I started playing lacrosse. You know, I've had a stick in my hand since I was four or five years old, um, and I played rec league from kindergarten on. Uh, I didn't start playing goalie until fourth and fifth grade when they would alternate. And actually, the funny story, in seventh grade, I had, a, had an injury, but I was able to play goalie. I just couldn't really run around. And that's when it sort of just stuck. And ever since then, I've been only playing goalie. And then for, the, for this team, you mentioned how strong the defense was last year. I mean, how many of those guys in front of you are returning? And who are they? And, and what can you expect to see from them this year? Well, uh, we're actually returning uh, our three starting close defensemen, um, two seniors and a junior. Um, and all of them have played a lot throughout their uh, Bates career as, as well. Um, we're also returning, uh, you know, Matt Proto, who is the top uh, def defensive short stick midi, you know, one of the top D middies in the country, which, uh, which I think will really uh, play into our favor as well. And then obviously last year, such a great season. This year, your preseason top 10, a couple of rankings. And so do you feel any pressure or anything like that? <laughs> No, I wouldn't say that I feel pressure. Um, and also, you know, the, the rankings are something as a team that we, we try and take pretty lightly because, A, we haven't won a single game, at, you know, this season. And, and B, the, the ranking can quickly change after one loss. So, um, you know, we, we just got to have to focus on keeping our, our, heads, uh, our heads straight and uh, focus on playing lacrosse and not so much about what they say in the media and the polls and, you know, and whatnot. Sure, and then the NESCAC in general is so strong at men's lacrosse. So what's that like to have such a high-level competition almost every game? Well, that's actually my favorite part about playing in the NESCAC is that on any given day, any team can come out, uh, come out on top. Uh, the skill level is extremely high throughout the conference, and, and it really does come down to who shows up on, on a particular day and who plays their best and plays their hardest. How have you seen the program grow since you were a first year? Oh, I've seen the program grow tremendously, not, not only just from, you know, starting off my freshman year as a, you know, a 500 team and then sophomore year as a below 500 team. Um, the turnaround we made last season really has been incredible, uh, as well as, you know, we're getting recruits in from all over the country and that, that's becoming more and more diverse where we're, uh, where we're getting players from. And I think that's really a big thing as well. And then you guys are one of the few spring sports that really will play in, in any weather, pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys sometimes have I've heard about home games, you know, like when snow on the ground and stuff like that. So what's that like to play in some rough conditions, at least early in the spring season? Yeah, it def definitely can be uh, tough. And after a few years of doing this, I've become pretty accustomed to it. 
but uh, you know, once once you're out there running around and uh, you know, hopefully your adrenaline can keep you uh, keep you warm enough. Um, and you know, for me, I've never really found it too difficult to to ignore the cold and just focus on what's at hand. It's almost keeps me warmer, not paying attention to it. What are you most excited about for the season? What are maybe some goals you guys have set as a team, you know, during the off season, looking forward to this year? Well, you know, I I, I do try and take things uh, one game at a time, but I think it would be really big for for our team to to a win a NESCAC championship and then obviously be hopefully win a national championship, which you know is obviously getting very far ahead of ourselves here. But it is my last year, so I don't have another another chance. Well, that sounds like a plan. We're looking forward to a very exciting season. Thanks so much. Thank you. Besides track and field, there are a number of bait sporting events to look forward to this week. The men's swimming and diving team heads to the NESCAC championships while the Alpine and Nordic skiing teams compete in the Williams Carnival. The men's and women's squash teams compete in team nationals at Yale University, while women's basketball heads to Amherst for the NESCAC quarterfinals starting at 2 o'clock on Saturday. We'll recap all this week's action and preview some more spring sports like women's lacrosse, men's and women's rowing, as well as men's and women's tennis. Next time on The Bates Bobcast! Bates, Bates. Why don't we